morning Instagram. It's a very cold and chilly and Christmassy feeling morning. I hope you guys are all well. I'm hoping as ever when I go live with a, a special guest that they, you know, easily find uh, a way to come on live with me. And I can see that Layla's here already, which is always a good sign because I think we're going to need, well, I'm going to need her help to have a chat about brain health because she is the expert. So let me just, I think my fingers are so cold. They possibly, let's see, Layla, by the magic of Instagram, are you about to appear? We will see. So we're going to have, oh, you're here. Hello. <laughs> How are you, lovely? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're even like 10 minutes early. We're just on fire. <laughs> I know, I know. Early, eh? The early bird catches the worm, eh? Exactly. <laughs> I was just uh, saying that I was really hoping that you were going to come on because as much as I've been reading very informative emails, definitely want to like probe a little bit deeper because it was really, it was actually when I got your email and I was starting to read about it, I just found this whole idea of how much power we have when it comes to influencing the healthiness of our brains. Like mm. actually I, I was shocked because the stat that got me, Layla, was, mm. that, well, you can kind of talk about it, but the fact that Genetically, I think some people are just thinking, well, I'm just predisposed to Alzheimer's. It's, it runs in my family. It's like this inevitable thing. But mm. yeah, maybe start there. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on again. It's really lovely um, to be here. If there's any connection issues, let me know and I will change my um, settings in my phone. It can sometimes happen. Um, but yeah, no, great. So I'll give you a little sort of top line because obviously my speciality is gut health but closely related to that is brain health and you can't separate the two so it's I've always been looking at that gut brain connection and I've got lots of articles and pdfs and blogs that I've written on that and I think really if we take it back a step as to how I then wrote that article that you saw about Alzheimer's was I was actually working with um, a client on helping her to prevent um, Alzheimer's because it was running in her family with her mother and so Funnily enough, at the same time as I was working on this with her, Patrick Holford, I don't know if you've heard of Patrick Holford. So Patrick Holford is um, sort of the main guru in the UK for optimum nutrition. So he actually founded the Institute for Optimum Nutrition in London, which is where I studied. I wanted to write his name down again. Tell me. Patrick Holford. Okay. He's great. Um, and he... Has, he is working with a campaign called Food for the Brain at the moment, which is really breaking down the lifestyle and functional medicine side of looking at the impact of, you know, lifestyle and diet and nutrition on brain health. And they're running this co cognitive test and they've got a big campaign going out about how to increase your brain health. And this is where this stat came through that actually only 1% of Alzheimer's is possibly caused by genetics. And the further 99%, would you say, would be what we would call epigenetics, which is lifestyle. And I do think that's quite um, a big new statement to make, to be fair, because I think like you say, a lot of people um, have thought in the past, well, you know, I have the gene or I, I think I have the gene or it runs in the family. So, you know, there's, you know, the mo not much I can do about this. But actually, I think what we're realizing is that there is a lot that can be done to help brain health. And actually, the things that help 
brain health are pretty much the things that help our overall health. Uh, there isn't really a disconnect between the two. So when I'm going to go through, you know, what we can do, you'll see that they, they yeah. crosses over into a I lot did, of what you're doing I as did. well. Well, obviously, because it then resonates with the same message. Because actually, I think that's, I think people really sort of overcomplicate, like when they're wanting like a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, you can get so caught up in like what you should do, what you shouldn't do, or kind of like end up going down kind of like weird restrictive diets. But actually, it's really nice when you kind of are coming from this just really sensible, straightforward approach to realise that what's good for, you know, living in a body composition that's optimal for you what's optimal for your brain health what's optimal you know for every single like element of your life for performance etc like it all comes down to very similar fundamentals and there's there's no conflict when i read through i was like well you know this is what you should also be doing for like a myriad of different other things like regardless of your goal like this advice is just really sort of sensible and straightforward yeah, sensible and straightforward. And I think that's where we're coming from with Patrick, Institute for Optimal Nutrition and everyone that is under that umbrella, if you like. Um, you know, we're not trying to complicate things. We're not trying to, you know, complicate the science. We're really just trying to look for the, the, the facts and to help people to optimise their health in a very straightforward way because it shouldn't, it shouldn't be um, complicated. But I think um, there's so much information out there. I think that's why sometimes it's useful to have, you know, for two experts to, to have a conversation and just break it down for people. Um, and what I was just going to do is I was just going to take a couple of minutes just to explain some of those pathways because like you said, um, the, you know, the ways to increase brain health are similar to some of the other things that people might be looking at. So, for example, you know, weight loss, insulin sensitivity, um, you know, waist circumference, blood pressure, lipid levels. It's all related. And as we know, with Alzheimer's, it's due to the formation of the amyloid plaque on the brain. Um, and, you know, the, the connections really with this is that... Um, I don't know if you've heard of something called metabolic syndrome, but um, I will go through the list of what metabolic syndrome is. And really, when we're looking at dementia, we're looking at um, it being classed as a type three, type three diabetes. And as we know, diabetes is closely linked to blood sugar imbalances and insulin um, resistance over insulin sensitivity. And the reasons for this could be due to, you know, smoking, obesity, um, high blood pressure. And metabolic syndrome is a collection of um, chronic things that happen over time, such as high blood pressure, BMI, um, high fasting glucose, high triglycerides and low HDL. Mm -hmm. So when we look at this overall picture of someone's health, we can't ignore the brain health in that because... Um, what's happening with those markers will also be having an impact on what's happening in what we call the blood-brain barrier, which is that barrier around the brain that's letting the glucose in, which it should be doing, but how much glucose and what else is it letting in, for example? So we're looking at maybe sugar, too much sugar in the diet, potentially causing inflammation, mm -hmm. then cause a permeable blood-brain barrier, uh, which may then cause the damage to the vascular vessels, which is what then causes 
as we go on to talk about, you know, um, dementia, Alzheimer's, for example. So it's looking at how we can look at all of this as a whole to basically like pick apart what we said are the key fundamentals for a healthy diet, lifestyle and nutrition mm-hmm. that we can manage all of this in one, which will have this knock on effect to our brain health. Amazing. Okay. And it is really just kind of stepping back and just kind of holistically looking. And I love that as well about the article. Like it mm. you know, touched on everything. Like I, I love, and I know you love geeking out on all the nutrition bits. So we'll obviously get you to go through all of that. But as well, like, you know, the fact that there was social connection, exercise, training, you know, just the fact that it really is this kind of full approach. It's not just take this supplement or, you know, do this thing in isolation. And I think people are so wanting just like a pill to fix things sometimes and they're not maybe wanting to kind of step back and look at their lifestyle at maybe their stress factors at the the things that are going on in the whole of their you know that's impacting you know their bodies their minds their their health their lifestyle and just they just want kind of like a little sticking plaster or or just like a quick and easy fix and I suppose what we're always saying is you need to kind of stop you need to kind of reflect on your lifestyle as a whole because every single system is impacting on the other one isn't working in isolation and obviously gut health is your thing but I think it's just such a good example of that isn't it the fact that it's got that integration with the brain and you can't tease them apart like they're just connected yeah exactly so the gut brain connection is huge like I said because there's that connection between the vagus nerve and the gut health is implicated in brain health so um, it's not a very nice term but we we use the term leaky gut it's not the technical term the technical term is intestinal permeability which basically means the gut lining is slightly leaky letting things through but this can mirror in the brain you can have a leaky brain barrier you see so we really need to look we always look at the core fundamentals which go straight to the gut health straight to the gut straight to what's possibly in balance straight to the diet and straight to how we can improve that that gut lining you know and that that membrane um fluidity and the the mucus lining and the pro- probiotics and all of that which is going to have a systemic positive effect on the rest of the body um but yeah like you say it was i felt when i was when i was writing the article i felt like oh well, this seems a bit basic because i'm talking about some quite basic things here for an actual really complex um situation and i know there's been some talk in the news about a new drug that's come out which was talked of as being groundbreaking but i think unfortunately from where we're coming from maybe um lifestyle intervention would actually be um more beneficial and it was things that we said such as eat and we'll go through these in more detail um of course um but it was eating a a low glycemic load increasing good fats increasing vitamin d vitamin b antioxidants um, Mm -hmm. gut health and as we said keeping physically active socially active and sleeping well so all of things are going to have a systemic holistic outcome on on your overall well-being including your brain health i think from our point of view as like coaches trying to coach people about that it's not as sexy as just saying oh just buy this quick fix like that's yeah. easier sell isn't it and i know for us we we want people to know that like the quick fix is like the longest most detrimental thing you can possibly do and yeah you did you need to do this deep dive and i think this is probably like a really nice time for us to explore some of the things and i know the first thing you talk about 
is sugar. And I think sugar's a really tricky thing because again, as coaches, we're not trying to demonize it. We don't people want people to kind of, you know, think of it as this really bad thing. But we also need to understand what happens when we are continually spiking our blood sugar and that we're not thinking about how we're creating meals or how we're including sugar in our diet to kind of try and blunt that blood glucose response. So maybe, yeah, if you can talk about that first, that would be amazing. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, firstly, just to say that the, the, the brain does prefer to fuel off glucose. So, you know, when I'm sat at my desk all day in clinic, it's, you know, I get hungry because it's my, my brain is using up a lot of glucose and that's the preferred source of fuel. So it will then revert to, if possible, if it's there, ketones. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there's a bit of debate over, over which is best, um, but the brain is made 60% of fatty acids. So it's, 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 it's fatty, um, you know, brain cells basically yeah. which we need to support with fatty acids as well um but the issue is that just in our general western diet there is too much what we call refined carbohydrates and yeah. high sugar items that contain for example fructose and it's what it's what these are doing in terms of how quickly um, the body is absorbing them. So we want slow release. It's really important that we're, just, we're not just shunting glucose really quickly into our cells um, because that's not going to be good for our blood glucose levels, but also for our brain ongoing, like I said, for that potential damage to the vascular vessels. So that really comes down to um, a low glycemic load. So fibrous foods, colourful fruits and vegetables, pairing up your meals with protein and good fats, lots yeah. of nuts seeds you know as you say you know a drizzle of this a sprinkle of that it all make, has a really cumulative long-lasting impact on the um the way that sugar is metabolized which is yeah. more protective i would say for your brain health and just like they're really good examples of if, if yeah i was gonna say maybe just for someone who's listening and they're like oh i don't really understand the difference between like high gi foods and low gi foods what mm things are you looking for like what would be a flag as okay that's going to be high that's going to be lower is it is it the fiber yeah i mean fiber complex fiber is the key really um which i know you do a lot of i, I love your plates they're, they're full of what we would call complex fiber and mine are too so it's it's eating the rainbow um and it's diversifying those fruits and vegetables and really just trying to move away from the bland sort of beige colored foods yeah so the processed foods because the more that they're processed the more that the sugar's been broken down so yeah. it's going to be more highly absorbable so it's going to hit your bloodstream a lot quicker um as the same with obviously white bread white potatoes pasta that kind of thing um they're going to hit your system and your insulin is going to have a bit of a hard time it's going to have to really dash to do the job and over time that may cause what we call um you know the you know the insulin resistance so instead of that we'd be looking at things such as you know colorful fibrous foods like um, dark green leafy vegetables like kale and broccoli and beetroot and um sweet potato nuts and seeds you know just think about whole foods you know yeah. Amazing. And if someone, because again, like we work with real people who, you know, sometimes you've got kids and they're fatty and they're never going to eat like your kind of, I don't know, whole wheat, whatever. If you are kind of 
you know, again, I talk about kind of like majority foods and minorities. So obviously the majority of the time do seek out those whole foods, those high fiber alternatives. But sometimes you might just fancy some white spaghetti. What can you do to that plate to make sure that your blood sugar response is blunted? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is obviously not to get het up and worried about it. I think there's a lot of scaremongering at the moment around, oh, you mustn't do this and don't ever eat that. You know, if you really fancy a bowl of pasta, then it's not the end of the world. It's not going to mean anything detrimental. It's just about making these small 1% changes over time that then, you know, have that long lasting effect over decades. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what you could do, I suppose, with, say, for example, um, pasta would be, what can you add? Can you add, like, with rice, for example, we do egg fried rice. So we've got the protein. Yeah. In. Wow. Like, how can we slow down the glucose um, release? You know, can we add some olive oil, some avocados, some um, protein of any sort, really, to anything um, carby so that it just um, slows it down? Yeah, and I think I definitely, when I am coaching women, I'm saying, again, even if you're having, like, a piece of fruit as a snack, like, have, a, like, a few nuts as well. Have something, because obviously you don't want to be sort of saying, oh, don't eat the fruit. But actually, if you are just thinking about your blood sugar response to that piece of fruit, obviously the whole fruit's better than having a fruit juice, because um, you've got the fiber, you've got the skin, it's obviously you know fruit comes packaged beautifully but also then thinking of i liked what you just said about more so again i'm always like well you know you fancy this thing but what could you have in addition to it like even mm -hmm. with a sort of tea time biscuit i'm like but could you have some greek yogurt like could you have something with it that's going to make it more kind of valuable to you so rather than kind of denying yourself the thing you're wanting like having that kind of pragmatic oh okay how could i maybe bring down that kind of big sugar um, spike. Would you kind of agree? Is that a, a better way to be thinking about it if you are wanting these, you know, things in diet? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you talked about children, you know, my kids are typical kids, but I'm always thinking of sneaky ways that I can help them with this. So if it's a bagel, let's put some peanut butter on it. Yeah. You know, if it's, um, they have uh, egg, egg waffles, so they have like, like nice sort of maple syrup ruffles but it's got eggs and oats and banana in there yeah. how can we sneak in some some foods that are uh, slightly healthier shall we say yeah um, really it's um a couple of things i was going to mention that are the most beneficial for brain health and mm -hmm. it is the lower carbohydrates but it's also including the antioxidants you know the the plant chemicals polyphenols that's really high on the list so like you're saying, let's not demonize fruit because as long as you're having it with the skin on, for example, you know, the fibrous parts, it's going to be full of really beneficial antioxidants and polyphenols. Um, and then the other thing was that really came from some of the food for brain research was that B vitamins, mm -hmm. and omega-3 would be potentially um, equal to or more beneficial than um, a medication for helping with brain health. So it's really important to look at these nutrients. So for example, um, we've got B vitamins is um, implicated in, well, I don't want to get too geeky here, but it's implicating in something called homocysteine levels. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, I read your article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, 
there is a chance that with um, sort of cognitive decline, it's due to an increase in homocysteine, which is um, something that can build up in the cells due to lower levels of folate and B12. Okay. So, you know, it's, 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 it's something fairly simple. You can either have it tested for, or you can just look to increase your levels, which is going to be beneficial for your hormone health, for your energy levels. You know, it's going to cross off for a lot of other areas as well. So you're going to be looking at, um, uh, you know, dark green leafy vegetables, right. egg, fish, you know, nuts and seeds again, um, soybeans, shiitake mushrooms, all of these things are going to help those pathways. Um, which is where I think, okay, we talk about healthy eating and it all looks great on the plate. And, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes a bit of a fad, but there are some really key things that are happening to inside your body when you're eating these healthy foods. And what do they contain, Leila? Sorry, I missed that. Are you talking, they're not just polyphenols, are they? They're, they're you're looking more at, um, you know, we're specifically looking at, at B, the B complex. Okay. The dark green leafy vegetables, you're looking at folates and B12. Um, anything around sort of obviously fruits and vegetables are going to be high in antioxidants. Um, you've also um, want to be looking at including eggs, which are high in um, fatty, essential fatty acids and also choline. Choline is really essential for brain health. Yeah. And I was reading that. And the one thing I did think, because the more, I think it's more and more common now for people to be plant-based. And I really, I kind of wanted to explore what your advice would be for those people who are avoiding eggs, who are avoiding animal products. How do you make sure that you are still getting enough B vitamins? How do you make sure that you are getting those omega-3s? I mean, there was the plant-based population I wanted your advice on, and then there was also children. Yeah, sure. No, it's a really good question, actually. So, um, I mean, I follow Rich Roll avidly. I think he's absolutely incredible and he's really spearheading, um, you know, the wellness community globally, to be honest. He's absolutely phenomenal. And he's plant-based and I'm pescatarian. You know, that's, that's for reasons that stem from when I was brought up on a farm and I saw the way that animals were being slaughtered. Um, so I do eat eggs and fish and some dairy but there is obviously this concern around it. But at the same time, I actually think at the moment, plant-based is kind of, not that it's not that it's a competition or a race, <laughs> but I think plant-based is not doing badly in terms of, of what the community is, has been saying for a long time um, about the benefits, um, not just for the, you know, the planet, but for our health as well. But I think, there, like you say, there are some things we need to think about. So you would definitely want to be looking at your B12. Yeah you're plant-based and you're definitely wanting to look at your omega-3s um, omega-3 is just so so important for brain health um, but for overall health and I can deep dive into that if you wanted me to <laughs> maybe a little bit with the omega-3s because I think that as you know I have a couple of kids and I mean they're not brilliant at probably getting enough omega-3 so yeah maybe it would be good to have a better understanding of you know why they're so important what foods they naturally exist in and i suppose what you know supplementation if it's required yeah sure so um I, i'm a bit concerned about the state of the oceans personally so um where i would normally try to eat oily fish salmon um white fish i've become a bit concerned about the quality and i and the price and i i just think well is this really right you know that we're taking so much from the oceans but we do need omega-3 mm. you can from, you can get it from plant sources, ALA, but it's not as 
bioavailable to the body so it's harder so if possible if anyone can if they're completely vegan totally understand you can get good quality vegan omega-3s but i would say an omega-3 fish oil would would be beneficial i mean it's just a non non sort of negotiable really i think to to be including that in this modern day where we just don't get enough omega-3 even if we eat meat for example um yeah can you get how would you get it if you can't take a fish oil is there an algae alternative or something yeah so a um a is the plant-based form so right. what will happen is that you can get it from flax seeds walnuts um you know there's there's certain um nuts and seeds that can be pressed and turned into a, a vegan version there's the algae version as well like you said um, I don't know the exact um, ratios at the moment, but I think the vegan version would have slightly less EPA and DHA in it. I don't think you're going to get as much as a fish oil, but certainly, you know, you'd still be going, you'd, you know, I, I, I've got clients who, who, who take vegan versions and their omega three to six ratio has come back okay from blood markers. So, you know, it's, it's, and it's a very personal decision. I can totally understand that around the oceans and, and the fish and, and what we want to put in our bodies these days. Yeah. Okay. But that's sort of a non-negotiable. So obviously decide in your mind which way you're going to go, but having some form of omega-3 is essential. Yeah. So I, I, we use this product, which is um, an oil. So I can just show, show it to you here. Actually, I just have some on my desk. My children take it. Oh, I was going to say anything your children will actually take. My children hate the taste of it. Because... They, they will actually. I've started off by paying them 25 pence per spoonful. Um, but they actually... <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, paying them, I would. Um, but it's, it hasn't got an, a funny aftertaste. It comes in lots of different flavours. Now, it's an oil, so it's, it's, very, um, it's a very premium product, um, responsibly sourced from anchovies. And when they extract the impurities from fish oil, it quite often takes away some of the goodness as well. Okay. So this oil, at that point of, in the production line, they will include olive oil and polyphenols to lock in the goodness. So that's why this specific oil is premium to anything else. If someone's uh, listening to the podcast lately, can you say what it's called? It's called, um, the actual oil itself is called Zinzino Balance Oil. Okay. Um, yeah, anyone can sort of talk to me about this because I run it alongside um, a fatty acid and omega-3 to 6 ratio blood test, which okay. will analyze your results before and after taking the oil. Okay. So I feel a heightened sense of well-being from taking it. And like you're saying about your children, um, I just had a feeling they just, well, I knew they just weren't getting enough. I just no. knew it. Their no. diet, no way that my son is getting enough EPA and DHA. And um, even with the capsules, I just wasn't quite sure. So that's okay. why I just feel it's such, I just feel so much better. The fact that he will take, they both will take the oil. And what does it taste of, Leila? Pardon? What does it taste of? Well, there's different flavors there's <laughs> grapefruit lemon and lime you've got tutti frutti vanilla i mean yeah there's a fishy taste but there isn't a fishy aftertaste it doesn't repeat it was the repeating afterwards i did take one and it was absolutely disgusting i mean i have plenty of oily fish in my diet just naturally so i think i'm okay and i yeah. don't 
so if anyone's listening, I can always sneak in some anchovies into tomato sauces and the oh, kids great. know. Oh, um, great. That would be my top tip. Like, yeah, yeah. Vegetables, grating carrot courgette and yeah. then letting a few anchovies just kind of like make the saltiness so rather than adding salt into tomato sauces, just a couple of anchovies. I know it's not probably dosage wise anywhere near what they should be getting, but it's something if you've got kids. Um, Jack said, my, my son said he feels like he's playing football like Ronaldo. And Sophie, my daughter's been getting like uh, really high test results as well in the last couple of weeks. Okay, this is okay. I'm going to definitely be on it. I know for, yeah. for a fact, my son now will eat oily fish, so I'm less worried. But my daughter, it's a nightmare. So yeah, I feel anyone that's listening who's suddenly like, oh, my child's yeah. brain. Because this is the time, isn't it? Like, I don't think enough of us, like probably most of um, the women I'm working with are thinking maybe a bit about their like blood sugars, trying to kind of keep um, that response minimal, but actually thinking about that for our children as well. And the tip I would always give is, you know, if you're going to, you know, have something that is kind of maybe higher on the glycemic index that is has a lot of sugar in it to pair it with a meal. So rather than just having this kind of random, you know, big sugar load in the middle of your morning when you're sort of, you know, in between meals to actually add it on. So if I'm guessing then from a blood sugar response, it's going to look better. Yeah, yeah. Like, Having to, uh, you have it after a meal that has been, uh, you know, full of protein and vegetables and fiber, you're going to blunt that kind of, so it's actually better to have, like if you're gonna have like a chocolate mousse or a piece of cake, to kind of have it after a meal or as part of a meal. Is that right? Yeah, sure. If we wanted to get into the nitty gritty, uh, some nutritionists would say to, to obviously load up on the protein and the fats first and save yeah. the sugar afterwards, because theoretically that would make sense in terms yeah. of what the you know the digestive process is so yeah you're you're definitely right there with that i mean anything that's gonna you know hit your bloodstream straight away and and start producing glucose and insulin um is a bit of a metabolic nightmare to be honest and we can we can do it we can handle it you know we're, we're built for that but it's just that cumulative effect over time and i think this is where the whole brain health thing is is quite a hot topic because it's not something that happens all of a sudden you know it's something that can be sort of mediating for decades um really due to that little bit of insulin resistance due to that little bit of weight gain due to that little bit of you know um, blood, high blood pressure and sugar and you know that you know the, these things together really um and and then you know what we want to do is we just want to give our, ourselves and our loved ones you know the best possible choice for you know having the healthiest longest most optimal you know life possible and the sooner we can start it i think the better you know children children and you know certainly if anyone's um thinking about you know having children or pregnant or got young children you know look at the look at the omega-3s because the brain you know that fatty acid brain is is obviously developing from an early age so you know there's there is no um it's, ne it's never too too soon to start no fantastic i think okay i think there's some really nice tips here so omega-3s like that colorful rainbow and actually i found it really interesting that you were saying looking for like the blue and the red fruits or mm -hmm. i suppose like the polyphenols do they exist more in fruits that are more highly colored or certain colors 
Yeah, definitely. So that is what those antioxidants and phytochemicals actually are. It's the colourful parts. So the deeper colourful fruits and vegetables um, are going to have the most protective antioxidant components in them. Um, so, you know, where possible, we do obviously want to be trying to look for seasonal produce, local produce. I know it's difficult with the cost of living, but organic produce, you'll notice organic produce does have a deeper colour and flavour to it. Yeah. That antioxidants, that's what they actually are. Um, you know, you can see them, you can taste them and they are, you know, even with dark chocolate, um, the occasional glass of red wine has it in it. Um, yeah, I did you know. like that. <laughs> And in my notes, but yeah, I think everyone will be like, oh, okay, yeah, so some really nice dark chocolate and uh, uh, the occasional glass okay. of small yeah. red wine. Obviously, we're looking at, you know, I've got a list here, we're looking at, you know, cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, spinach, mushrooms, blueberries, strawberries, green tea, really good for the brain as well. A little bit of red wine, a little bit of dark chocolate as and when. Extra virgin olive oil um, is very brain protective. We're talking yeah. about and vitamin E as well you know so just having a healthy diet you're going to be off a lot of these bases and I'm, I am conscious at the moment of, of trying not to sort of recommend so many supplements to people you know with everything going on so what what can we do from a from a dietary you know food first approach yeah. and then anything else that we need to bolt on um, like I said the non-negotiables would be if you're vegan b12 and omega-3 anyway i would say plus plus a few other immune boosting bits and bobs um. yeah and d because at the moment like i'm really aware like i'm outside a lot but mm. i am like covered because it's freezing so again i don't think like i do mention it again like if i'm running a live class if i'm coaching women like you know thinking about your vitamin d can you talk about why it's so important and why living where we live like mm. supplementation it's it's not really optional again when we're getting into these colder uh, bits of the year yeah sure i mean I, definitely the nhs would recommend taking a vitamin d supplement through the winter as well um, but their dosage is is much smaller than what we would recommend and you can get too much vitamin d as well it's a hormone so there is a safe upper limit um but definitely you know through the winter we're not getting enough in this climate we're indoors a lot of the time i mean yes it's nice and sunny today but how much are we getting of it so yeah there's there's no harm in in supplementing um it's in iu international units so mm -hmm. our safe upper limit is four thousand iu okay so um i think the nhs guidelines is 600 iu but I would go to around 1,000 to 2,000, you know, through the winter and you okay. can get spray form. So really good for a, an immune defense, obviously, but yeah. also at brain health, it's, it's anti-inflammatory. So it's going to help with that inflammation that we spoke about at the start of the conversation regarding brain health. Vitamin D is one thing that my children do not mind taking because it's really impressive, isn't it? We've right. just... Yeah any like white chalky tablets i was putting um I, I i tried to sneak some vitamin c powder into my son's orange juice the other day and he and he, he turned around and he said to my daughter why is she putting vitamin c in my orange juice like whatever <laughs> Mom's crazy i mean imagine our poor children having us like literally mine are always very <laughs> suspicious they're like yeah what have you done how have you made this healthy <laughs> I'm like, no, I promise, I promise it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh.
that's amazing. And the last few things I definitely would like to get, I know we, we have like a, a cut off today, but I know we started talking about gut health, why it's so important. But I know like the last points that you had in your article, again, just about the gut and the neurotransmitters. And I also found the acid content really interesting about the gut and the absorption of B, B12, I think, wasn't it? So maybe yeah. a little bit about that. Um, yeah, of I've been reading up, haven't you? <laughs> Amazing. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm gonna. I've sent links, haven't I? So the guide to good gut health, the gut brain immune connection, and my article on Alzheimer's. I mean, it does all link in and cross over a lot of, a lot of the same stuff, really. As I've been reading through it um, as well. So, you know, the neurotransmitters for the brain are made in the gut. So you've got serotonin, dopamine. You know, all of these. Um, you know, happy hormones, if you like, the happy neurotransmitters, calming, good for the brain, uh, originate in the gut. And then if you take it back a step, what's what's helping to create those? And obviously, it's the diet, but it's also the gut bacteria. Yeah. Let's make sure we have a nice, healthy um, gut bacteria. And how do we do that? Obviously, we're sort of um, trying to decrease um, processed foods and anything that's going to damage the insides of the gut. Too much alcohol, for example. Yeah. Um, fermented foods you know with all of those different lovely um bacterial strains lactobacillus bifidobacterium acomantia being particularly good for the brain so we can do that again food first you know dollop some kimchi on the side add some sauerkraut get some kefir into your smoothies you yeah. know we're starting at that you know core base of the gut health is going to have a systemic impact. So we talked a lot about the, the long-term sort of brain effects, but short-term as well, uh, probiotics are, going, again, just going to elevate your mood on a daily basis. So we don't really, I don't, we, we don't not often think about the, the impact of probiotics on the brain, but it's a postbiotic uh, communication that gets sent um, along the vagus nerve, along with those neurotransmitters which are is, is why when you eat healthy you feel good it's i was gonna say like as you were saying all of that i was like it is amazing like it's such a domino effect but your mood is massively impacted by what you're um what you're actually eating like some of it's your belief around the food that you're eating but actually i think even if you took that away like there's there's something magic about when you start putting all this really amazing food in your body it just makes you feel great and actually the science is there to back it up like you're literally producing happier hormones to send up to your brain to to elevate your mood and conversely when people kind of do a check in and they're like oh you know i've actually sort of engaged in a lot of minority behaviors but the way i feel is sluggish tired heavy you know it's impacted it, it you know it all does make sense and it's not to demonize those behaviors like you know we're coming up to christmas crazy season but it's quite interesting to get kind of curious about it and then to get curious about whether you want to engage to such an extent in those behaviors when the impact is that it you know you might feel a bit rubbish for a day two days you kind of might get that like you know increase in anxiety lower mood kind of and that impacts on your ability to go out and perform your usual activities like exercise and movement and it's cycles and it, it's it's a real domino effect and i think so frequently sometimes i feel like it has to start with the movement to get you wanting to nourish your body better but actually thinking about this the nourishment and feeling better might actually help you want to engage in the movement and training yeah exactly it's just breaking out of that 
those patterns and changing the the habit the, the habit formations on a daily basis even if it's a tiny tiny little change yeah. tiny, tiny little switch up um anything from that list you know it might be just meeting with a friend going for a walk um getting into bed half an hour earlier um you know moving your body just for 10 minutes more focusing on yeah. your gut off just that extra little bit has that you know knock-on effect exactly like you say and then the better you feel from doing that you're more likely to then go on to make another good decision which is further going to impact your health I do really like I just believe that so truly like if you start your day with a beautifully kind of created breakfast that's had some care and thought put into it that doesn't spike your blood sugars that feels filling and satiating and like it's been like this token of love you're, you know, you're highly unlikely then just to probably just sit on the sofa and watch telly or, you know, get in the car, like you're more likely to walk the school run and, you know, you're more likely to be in a better mood, be more energized at work. So yeah, it's a lovely domino effect. Because the last things you did mention were obviously being socially active, making sure that you're having connection and that being a positive association with a healthier brain. And then obviously exercise, which I think if they could put exercise as a prescription, like, yeah. you know, it would be you know be the most prescribed thing in the world the most prescribed drug because the you know the it was lovely to read the the fact that if you obviously have a better strength that's correlated with better brain health if you've got good flexibility and coordination that's correlated with better brain health and all cause mortality like mm. the stronger and healthier and fitter you are like all cause mortality yeah. drops yeah definitely bone health muscle health um, you know, it's really highly implicated in longevity and overall health, especially for women. The older we get, it's really important that we actually invest in our bone and our muscle strength because it will deplete and it's up to us to um, really focus on strengthening that area because it's, it's, it has a metabolic positive effect on the rest of our health. Yeah. Um, finish up, actually. So, yeah, Layla, thank you so much. I'm going to share. Hey, someone asked a about, someone asked a question about sleep i was just going to say um so just to quickly say about sleep i know we're going to finish up so is important because when we sleep um the brain has these sort of um it's like taking out the garbage so we're, we're cleaning out the cells from the brain and that's a really important process that happens when we sleep but if someone uh, one of your clients sounds like she is struggling a bit so to catch up through the during the day just you know have some cat naps i would 10 five or 10 minutes does actually help to accelerate what you've missed during the night yeah so even putting on a meditation like if you have a kid that has a nap or is at school even if you just take 10 minutes and have some purposeful rest that's still going to be beneficial isn't it and yeah. again, I think rather than scrolling on my phone i'm actually just going to sit and take yeah rest is still going to be better than nothing and none of these phases last forever is the other thing to remember and optimizing all of those other things will optimize everything else won't it but um, yes I realize that you need to go Layla thank you so much for your time as I said I'll share it in a podcast I'll share the really useful links yeah that's great thanks for having me on it's always such a pleasure and if you wanted to, yeah, obviously reach out to her. I know she's very chatty on Instagram, as am I. But make, you know, don't even wait for 2023. Like, why not message one of us now if you are interested in just investing in the only place you're ever going to get to live? You may as well make it the best place ever. But thank you, Layla, for your time. And we'll get together soon. Yeah, definitely the new year. Lots right. of love. Lovely. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Bye.